They are the Chai kids. Chai kids. For kids. By kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Chai Kids Show on 101.9. Thank you so much for choosing the Chai Kids Show only on Chai FM. My name is Mira and I am 10 years old and I'll be hosting for you today. This is Chai Kids for Kids Bar Kids. So coming up on Chai Kids today, I will be interviewing James Hodkinson, a bee specialist at James Urban Bees. So stay tuned to 101.9 Chai FM to learn more about bees and how much they help the environment. Also on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth. Cool fun facts that will blow your mind away. And finally, at the end of the show, listen out for Montgomery Jones and the search for the lost world of fantasy stories audiobooks. They are super fun to listen to. You can also get the full stories on Miss Dot Productions channel on YouTube or on the website at www.missdotproductions.com or on our website at chaifm.com. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 as charged at 1 rand and 50 cents. You can send me a telegram on 061-895-1019 and please don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 0101 40 30 20. Get ready for a jam-packed show on Kha Kids today. When God created the lofty mountains, the oceans teeming with life, the planets and the galaxies, God also thought the world needed one of you. What did you do today to better the world? Big or small, we would love to hear from you. Email Kathy with a K at highfm.com. Share your story. Inspire others. Change the world. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Hi kids. For kids. By kids. This is Hi Kids. For kids. By kids. My name is Mira and I'm your host for today. Before we start the interview with James Hodkinson, a bee specialist at James Urban Bees, I want to introduce the tank twister for today. It is six sticky skeletons. I repeat, six sticky skeletons. A bit later, I'll count how many times you can say the tank twister in 10 seconds. So call me on 0101 403020 to see if you can say it faster than me. I have James Hodkinson, a bee specialist at James Urban Bees with me in studio today. So if you have any questions for him, you can send them on 34519 or telegram to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, James. How are you today? Oh, very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to be interviewing you today. Cool. So now let's do some questions. Cool. Fire away. So... You own a company called James Urban Bees. Can you tell us a bit about what your company does? 
Yeah, sure. Okay, so mate, I got I was working for South African Airways about a year ago, and I got retrenched. Okay. And this is Plan B. <laughs> so anyway, so basically, what I was doing beforehand is I've got a little shop, and I sell beekeeping equipment. I love to teach, so I'm teaching people about how to keep bees and how to look after bees. At the same time, as giving them the equipment that they need in order to keep the bees. Bees, 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 bees. Everything is about bees, and then I do removals <laughs> as well. So I'll come along. You've got a bees in your water meter or somewhere like that, and I'll come along and I'll do removals. For oh. those bees. Yeah. Okay, very nice. So, how long have you been working with bees? Yeah, well, I started at 16 and uh, on the farm in Underberg in Natal. And then at, when I was 19, I had an accident and all my chickens got killed by my bees. So, I've learned a lot. Oh, and no. We need to know about bees. So, I've learned a lot and know how to learn. Uh, I want to teach everybody and how to look after bees and yeah. have fun. That actually sounds really nice. So you said that the bees um, went and killed all the chickens. Yes. So. Yeah. So the, let's just look at look at bees as they are. Bees want to defend their home. Okay. That's why bees sting. So if they've got babies and honey on board, that's when they want to. They will become defensive and they will want to defend their thing. I did everything wrong that day. I went to my smoker didn't work, which I've got an example over here because bees need smoke. My smoker didn't work very well. I went in the hot day. The bees were in the full sun. So I did a lot of things wrong. So I've learned over time how to look and work after bees safely without having to worry about bees. Okay. So why do you just love working with bees? Oh, they're so rewarding. They're, they're incredible. How they look after everybody has got a job to do throughout uh, within the hive. You get the little baby bees that have just just emerged. They look after the other bees. They feed the other bees. And then you get other bees that are storing honey, other bees that are going and foraging. They, they're so busy. They're continuously working. They just amaze me. Why did you start James Urban Bees? Well, as I said, I was working for the South African Airways, and then uh, after 22 years, I needed yeah. a new job yeah. after COVID. So anyway, it happened, and it's been great. I've been learning how to run a business now, and I want to save the bees. Every bee, and I, yeah. and I want to save the bees and give everybody yeah. and teach everybody when I'm doing it. So if you ever come on a removal, you can suit up with me, and I can show you how I do it. That's cool. So if someone has a hive in their garden and they don't want it there, how do you remove it? Okay, so first of all, it's smoke. Okay, because bees in the wild, they actually think that a fire's coming if they smell smoke, and they go, ah, they want to run away from the smoke. But instead of them running away from the smoke, what they do is that when they, they think a fire's coming, they're actually going to eat honey. Okay, they can go into their house. If you go into your house and, and your yeah. house is on fire, you, you're like, oh, you're going to take your most valuable thing with you. Yeah. Okay, same for the bees. The only valuable thing that they've got is honey there. So they go, all the worker bees yeah. will go and gorge themselves on honey in anticipation for the fire to come. Okay, but we, the fire never comes. So then they just come along and say, oh, okay, they don't know what to do. So so if, if you think about it, their tummies are full of honey and they're thinking that they need to go away. The defensive nature, the, when they might get cross, we actually, that smoke covers up that, that alarm pheromone for them to be cross and actually makes them manageable and, and that allows you to be able to work with them. But you're still going to suit up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's actually so cool. Um, so what do you do with all those bees once you've removed them? 
Well, so when, we, when we're removing the bees, we actually take the comb out, which is going to have their babies in it, the brood and the eggs and a little bit of uh, pollen and nectar, and we transfer those combs and, and frames into an actual proper beehive. Yeah. And we elasticate it into the frames and we place it into the flames. Then, this is my fun part, we get handfuls of bees and we take them up in our hands and we put them all over the brood and the babies and we shake them off. <laughs> and we take another handful and we shake them off. Then we look for the queen. She's that actually sounds so much fun. Yeah. It is it's nervous when, when you've done it for the first time. So anyway, so then we look for the queen. For me, the best thing is to find the queen. She's big, fat, and orange. Okay, and she lays eggs, 800 eggs a day in Boy, the heart of sun. So that's a lot of eggs. So anyway, so we look for the queen. And if we catch the queen, she, she's got pheromones, which is basically smells that we cannot smell. I can't smell it, and I can't see it. But the bees just love it. And because the queen smells like this, wherever she goes, they will go. So mm -hmm. I've, I've got a little hair clip-like thing, and you just put the queen in it. It's got holes in it and she can breathe and everything. The other bees can walk around her. And if I take that and I put it into my other hive where I've transferred all that comb into the box, in all the handfuls. bees. In handfuls, yeah. But all the other bees that are still left and flying around will all come and, and sit on the queen because where she is, yeah. they will be. Like, how can you find the queen in so much yellow bees and the big orange bees? <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it is hard. It is difficult. But when you do it, it's so rewarding. I just love finding her. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes in those handfuls you're moving, you move her at the same time. That's why, <laughs> why you do it gently. So it's, it's, always, it's always exciting when you actually get it right and find yeah. the queen. <laughs> Um, so what is the special suit that you have to wear when catching bees? Yes, so of course, uh, the, we always use a, a light or a white suit, okay? The reason is, is the, the reason I use is the, the bees can't fight a cloud because they, if they, they can't see a cloud, you can't touch a cloud, you can't. The white isn't known to them as something that can attack them. So like a honey badger or a, or a baboon or something that can break into their hive, they, 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 they know those colors and they would attack those colors. But white isn't in there. They don't know what white is. So they're just, uh, it's just a cloud. And they get disorientated and don't want to ex uh, attack it. Okay. So are you not scared of bees? Well, yeah, some days I do because <laughs> you know, uh, one day I was walking, I was going into a removal in, into a water uh, down a manhole and as yeah. I went down my, my jacket got pulled up and the, the bees yeah. didn't like that because they saw my tummy and I got like 10 stings on my tummy. Ouch. <laughs> but it's fun. It, yes, uh, you do get stung but you get used to it. Um, and okay. Yeah, it's okay. So you're definitely not allergic to bees. No. So anyway, allergies are quite quite strange. If you get stung on your on your finger, for instance, and your hand goes swollen, yeah. you're not allergic. That is so often we find out, oh no, I'm allergic to bees. Why? No, I got stung on the forehead and I've swelled up like a, a marshmallow. That's not how, <laughs> you're not allergic yeah. like that. Okay, allergies is when you get stung on your toe and then the tongue starts to get swollen. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you have an allergic reaction, you and if the, your tongue starts to swell up, then you've got to get to an emergency room as soon as possible and get adrenaline in you. Okay, but if you get stung locally and you're localized um, swelling, that is totally natural and, and it does happen. Okay, so um, you're telling you earlier you said that you got so much stings on you yep. um, when you climbed into a hole. Like, how often do you get stung? Yeah, I'd say every week on average, I definitely get stung. Ouch. <laughs> and it's not the bed, not the end of the world. It's okay. Okay. So how many bees do you keep on an average? Yes. So on an average, I'd have maybe on various different sites, I'd have 10 to 15 hives on the site. And 
you know, per hive is going to have maybe, you know, 5,000 bees in it. and then it's, So know, many bees. It's okay. It's fine. So we keep it small. We keep it simple. We're, especially in the urban areas, we're wanting to actually look after bees safely without having to worry about them. Have them tucked away in, in, in areas where they're not accessible to dogs or animals. Uh-huh. And just, you know, you, can, you need to just work with them three or four times a year and just enjoy the bees as they as they grow and and you'd still get your nice rewards of honey at the end of the season as well <laughs> um so how many different sites do you have i've got about oh, I've, I've lost count i've got lots of little 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 sites where guys have got ones and twos and a couple of bees That's here so and there much. <laughs> Um, so why do some people collect bees? Well, they like the honey. It's a sweet reward. And also for pollination. People love to know that their plants are getting enough um, bee action because bees are get under a lot of pressure at the moment, especially in areas when they get into water meters and in places where they shouldn't be. So we need to look after them. Yeah. Um, what if... What would people need if they wanted to start beekeeping? Well, I do training as well. So uh, if you look, look at my website, My Urban Bees, there is a, a training site uh, that I do offer training once a month, every month. And you're welcome to come join me. I think you need to come for a, a session with me one Saturday. Saturday, mm-hmm. we do it Saturday mornings and we go through and we learn everything about the bee and we study study about the bee. That's so cool. So if you have bees in your garden, how do you stop them from coming in your house or going to your neighbor's house and stinging people? Okay, bees don't really want to sting. Stinging is usually the last resort for a bee. That means that there's something wrong within the hive. And bees coming into your house usually means either, either you've got a light on and they think it's the sun and they think, oh, there's the sun. And they go off towards the light and then they come into your house. Or they scout bees and they're looking for a new home. This is a fun thing that happens in spring. Spring, bees, bees get to about 84% inside the hive and they, they don't have enough space. And at, at that percentage, they reckon, no, 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 the bees are going to now swarm off. And the queen will lay a queen, a queen cell egg in uh, several cells and then the old queen is going to leave that hive and is going to find a new home so that's when you get bees coming into your house and they scout bees looking for a new home oh so they just want to find a new place to live that's it yeah so that's when you can get a catch box which with empty boxes beehive boxes with four or five frames inside and you can put them up in 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 your in your garden in your tree or something like that and they they catch bees every season i I put them out and it's great you're always catching bees so nice yeah so, on that note, let's take a quick song break and we'll be back after the song. Hi kids. For kids. By kids. This is Hi kids. For kids. By kids. My name is Mira and I'm 10 years old and you're still listening to the Hi kids show 101.9 Hi FM. Before I carry on with my interview with James Hodkinson, I'm going to remind you what the tongue twister is. Remember, six sticky skeletons. (laughs) I like that one. And now it's time for our cool fun facts. Did you know almost 90% of wild plants and 75% of leading global crops depend on animal pollination? One out of every three mouthfuls of our food depends on pollinators such as bees. So, social bees, such as honeybees and bumblebees, often live in hives above or below the ground, while most solitary bees nest in the ground. 
And also, if you find a bumblebee which appears to be struggling, it may be that it is just resting, particularly if the bee is a queen in early spring. If you think the bee is struggling, best thing to do is gently put it on a bee-friendly flower. So now, is it true that if there are no bee-friendly flowers around, mix 50 by 50 white sugar and water to give the bumblebee a one-off energy boost, providing the carbohydrates it needs to fly? Okay, that's a really, your oh, carbohydrates and everything, yes. So bees can, you can feed bees, okay. Um, I, don't, I think in, in Johannesburg here, we've got a huge urban, we've got a lot of flowers around, a lot of trees. And our bees don't really battle here in Joburg. Bumblebees are also not, not found in Joburg either. We've got a carpenter bee that looks like a little bit like a, a, a bumblebee. And that they fly around and they actually bore into wood, which is quite funny, nice to know. Anyway. So um, when it comes to feeding bees, if you do find a bee that looks as if it's struggling, I just say just if usually it's on the floor or something, just pick it up on a leaf or something and then just go put it outside onto a plant or onto a flower. Give them something to do. Okay, so that was our fun facts for today. So I have James Hodkinson in the studio with me today. So if you have any questions for him, you can send them an SMS to 34519 or Telegram. Toe six one eight nine five one oh one nine or call on oh one oh one forty thirty twenty. Now let's carry on with our questions. So now let's talk about bees. Cool, yeah. <laughs> Um, so why are bees so important? Well, as you said, in pollination, they are so super impor important now. Lots of crops are actually needing to get more and more bees on them. Blueberries is one of them that need a lot of bees. bees. The macadamian farmers bees. are needing about 3,000 swarms per year to be added to the, to the, the environment. That's so much That's bees. a lot of bees. A lot of swarms are needed. So... Yeah, they're incredibly important for our food and, and how we need them and how we can use them. So, yeah. Okay, so how do bees make honey? Ah, that's such a, so cool. Bees are clever. All flowers are clever to start with. So the flowers produce nectar. So we all need know what nectar is, hey? It's the sweet stuff that attracts yeah. the bees to the flowers. Yeah. At the same time, the pollen would rub, rub off on the bee, and then that pollen would go onto another flower that would pollinate that flower. So that's yeah. how the, what the sweet stuff would be the enticing thing for the bees. But yeah. the bees have also learned to eat the pollen as well. Okay, so pollen is, is like a protein, and bees also need some protein to feed their babies, as well as the nectar, which they then convert into, into um, honey. So they collect nectar, right? They go and they fill up. They've actually got a, a pre-tummy, um, like tummy inside the bee, which mm -hmm. is like where they store all the nectar. They go yeah. into the hive and then they regurgitate it up and they give it to another bee and that bee sucks it in and then they add to it and they add enzymes and a whole lot of good nutrients that the, the, the honey needs at the end. Then, mm -hmm. it, then they store it at 34% water content. So this is quite runny. Okay, and if you if if you they actually built their cells on the sides of, of their comb at an at an angle between three, I think it's seven and fifteen degrees, just to prevent the nectar from flowing out. So it's always pointing upwards, a little bit up. You can't notice it, but it's always pointing so that the nectar doesn't flow out. Yeah, they're so clever. They know how to do that. Mm. You know, those little bees know how to do that. But anyway, so they, they they put the nectar, they store the nectar, and then they evaporate it. So they make it really warm in there and really muggy and everything. So the evaporation then happens. And with that evaporation, when it gets all the way down to about uh, between about 16 and 20% water content, 
okay, then it becomes honey. They call it that it's matured from nectar and it's changed changed through into into honey. Then they'll cap it and they'll seal it with a bit of wax from their glands on their tummy, yeah. and they'll seal it off and they know no, nope, that's cool, that's ready for winter. That's okay. the, how they store their honey. Okay. Um, so you're saying they store a honeycomb. Now, how do bees make honeycomb? Yeah. Okay. So that, that, that's, these are engineers. If you think that, that, that we know everything that's going, going about it, these bees are so incredible. The hexagonal shape is the best utilization of the most amount of space that they can get. So they've actually worked out what's the least amount of material to make the strongest structure that they can store their honey in and to raise their babies in and to be able to do all of this within one structure. Structure. So they've they've been able to to d design it over time and this is this is what they do. Then they'll store it in those cells. They've got glands on their abdomens that they have to eat honey for in order to get energy in order to produce wax. So it takes a lot of energy in order to, to produce wax. So with that wax, they can then make the cells and they will build it out and draw it out, ready for to grow babies in it and everything. From, yeah. Okay, so is it true that only the gill bees sting? <laughs> yes, it is. So anyhow, so the, there are three types of bees. There's the drone, there's the queen, and there's the worker bee. So now the drone is the male bee. Okay, and the male bee, he's just, a, he hangs out there the whole whole season. There's only about two, two to three percent of these boy bees. They, they're much more prevalent in, in spring and towards the end of the season they actually get booted out of the hive. They don't have any more use for the boys. <laughs> How's that for a fact? And the, she, the, the boys are an unfertilized egg, but the fertilized eggs can either become a queen or a worker bee. And the amazing thing is that the worker bees, they don't feed them as well. So when they emerge, they emerge as worker bees. But if they were fed pure royal jelly, they'd emerge as queens. So it's just a, a matter of diet, which changes their genetic, their ability to reproduce, which is incredible. Anyway, I get, I, I digress a little bit. <laughs> so the worker bees are, yeah, are okay. girls, and they can sting. So, um, you said there was royal jelly. What? Oh, okay. So now the, the, the queen needs some really good amino acids and all of the good stuff in order for her to produce, to, to become, you know, to, to grow. Okay. And that's what the, the royal jelly is actually produced by the bees. And it's a mix of everything that they need in order for the, to feed them. And they will regurgitate this and the little, little grub will suck it in and they, they swim in it. The little grubs swim in it as it gets placed in there, mm -hmm. as they get bigger and bigger. But it's, it's, a, it's an incredible, it's their food. It's baby, boo, baby bee food. <laughs> okay. People even use it for, for, for uh, cosmetics. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's How's actually that? interesting. <laughs> so is there such thing as king bees? King bees. Mm, I'm going to defiantly say no. The boys aren't really out there. The queen, yeah. she's queen of the roost. She's the, she's the baby laying um, um, girl. She comes along. She lays eggs all day long. And she, she maintains the, 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 uh, the, the hive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. the king bees would call, be called drones, but they, they don't live, live longer than a year. Okay. So... You told me that the queen bee lays all the eggs. That yeah. sounds so hard. It is. And, and the funny <laughs> thing is she can choose to fertilize an egg or unfertilize an egg. A fertilized egg will become a worker bee. An unfertilized egg will then become a drone. How's that incredible? That's so cool. Yeah. Um, can you get stung by the queen? 
you can, but she doesn't want to. She does. She she usually saves a stinger for other queens when 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 they they're having a bit of a royal disagreement in the heart. <laughs> it usually happens once in a <laughs> blue moon. So, um, you said that the male bees, the drones, yep. don't do very much. Yeah, they can't even sting. So, that, 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 so that, what do they do? Well, w- w- yeah, okay, the birds and the bees, literally. So, yeah, that's what the, what the boys are good for. You know, they go out and fly and find other queens outside there to mate with them, and then after that they die. It's it's a hard life for the drones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. What are the kind of different species of bees? Okay, well, it, we've got about 20 different th- thousand species of bees. It, it's incredible to know that there are this more more solitary bees that need to get protected at yeah. the moment than there are just our, our local honeybees. So our honeybees yeah. are good and strong in South Africa. We've got a real good population of them with up in Joburg, but we still need to look after them. They're very, you know, so many guys are coming along and poisoning them and mm-hmm. not looking after, not doing correct re- removals of bees. So we just have to look after our honeybees. So the, the solitary ones, if you get yourself a little block of wood and you get yourself a drill and you can just one mil drill holes and you just drill holes all the way down on that on that piece of wood and you just hang it up. You, you, solitary bees will find it and they'll make their little nests in there with little little things. So it's pretty cool to see them. Oh, that's so. That's actually really really cool. Yeah. So how many bees? So you were telling me how many bees live in each hive, about. How many thousand again? Well, you can get go as m- much as a hundred thousand, but I, in an urban area, I just want to keep my bees in a small. Uh, not, not, I don't want to make super swarms, so I keep my them in a brood box, which has got about ten to eleven frames inside there, mm-hmm. and th- they'll live comfortably um, inside there. And the height of summer, they will be at the most, and come at the end of winter, they're, they're going to be at the least amount of bees within within the area. So, I, I grow my bees. My bees are then they'll they'll the height of summer, they're going to be going for it making me honey which is pretty cool because the way in which we've designed the hive it's it's a box and then you've got a separator in between another box and that separator is called the queen excluder so we prevent the queen from going up so the bees like okay only the babies can be laid at the bottom and the eggs and the pollen can be stored at the bottom and the bees work out okay let's just store our honey at the top so because they store the honey at the top, when we come to harvest, we only have to harvest the top portion of the hive and we don't have to disturb the bottom portion. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, so it must be pretty squishy to live in a hive. Oh, man. I, I'm amazed at how bees work out what's going on inside the hive. Have you heard about the waggle dance? Okay, so this is bees. So a guy got a, a uh, he got a Nobel Prize or Nobel Prize for for working this out. Bees have got a waggle dance, and they'll come and walk along the comb, and then they'll waggle. And because of the waggle, or the direction of the waggle, and how long the waggle is, bees are able to work out how far away the food is, yeah. and and where to go, and which direction to go, very accurately. So isn't that incredible? So so anyway, so this waggle dance, these bees are doing in the dark. So mm-hmm. I can't see much in the dark. During load shedding, it's been tough. But when it's dark, the bees can communicate through vibration and a waggle dance. So these bees then all know where to go and find food. And they all go back and they all fly out off there. Mm. It's pretty squishy, hey? Inside yeah. That <laughs> what are the best flowers to have in your garden Ooh. for bees? Okay. So we'd, we, 
we all know bees love lavender okay lavender is a really good one basil's a very good one um, they really work those ones hard bottle mm -hmm. brush if you've got those ones with a red bottle brush those ones the bees do like it's actually part of the eucalyptus family so we know everybody eucalyptus is blue gum part of the blue gum family mm -hmm. it, it, and it's not really well liked at the moment for because they use a lot of water so they you know they be they are pretty cool okay yeah. so um um how do you get um the honey out of the cave the, uh, uh, the, the, the half. Okay. So yeah. So what happens with the honey is it's been capped already. Okay. And it's going to come out in a frame. Okay. So the frame is going to have capped honey on it, and it's going to be about uh, in a 40 centimeters long frame. And what we do then is we're going to decap it. We take a sharp knife and we take off the wax cappings, and we put it into a centrifuge, which is actually a I call it a spinner, but um, people like to call it an, an um, uh, what do we call it? Not a uh, an a spin extractor okay and we spin this extractor around and centrifugal forces mm -hmm. on that honey suck it out to the outside of the drum and it goes duck, yeah. duck, 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 against the outside of the drum and all the honey just drains down and it comes to the bottom and then we, we drain it out we sieve it once i don't like mm -hmm. to heat treat it i always keep my honey without any heat and then i just take off the wax and then i bottle it as soon as possible as quick as possible okay so let's take a quick song break and we'll be back later by kids, for kids, by kids. This is Chai Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Mira and I'm 10 years old. Are you ready for the tongue twister? This is how it works. You can call us on 0101 40 30 20 and I'll count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. So you can call now on 0101 40 30 20 to see if you can say it faster than me. So I will start. Vussy, please start the timer. Six sticky skeletons, 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 six sticky skeletons. Okay, I got nine times. That's actually really good. Let's do the tongue twister with James. Ooh, okay, here we go. <laughs> and go. Stick sticky skeleton, six six sticky skeleton, six sticky skeleton, six sticky skeleton, six sticky skeleton, six sticky skeletons, six sticky skeletons. Sure. Okay, you got seven times. You caught me. Well done. Um, thank you, James, for being on my show today and teaching us such interesting facts about bees. It must be so fun to work with bees all the time. Pleasure. You're welcome to join me anytime. <laughs> well done. So on that note, let's go to another song break. Hi, kids. For kids. By kids. This is Ha Kids, Four Kids, Bar Kids. My name is Mira and I'm 10 years old. And we just got a call up for the tongue twister. Hello. Hello. Um, how are you? Good and how are you? I'm great, thanks. Um, what's your name? Oliver. It's nice to meet you, Oliver. 
Um, so do you want to do the tongue twister? Yes. Do you know what the tongue twister is? Yes. Okay. So in three, two, one, go! Six sticky skeletons, 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 six Oliver, you got eight times. Well done! Thanks. My brother and my cousin also want to do the tongue twister. Okay, sure, he can do it too. Hello. Hello. Um, what's your name? Jake. How are you, Jake? Good. It's nice to meet you. So you know the tongue twister, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So start in three, two, one. Jake, you got 11 times. Well done. It's a world record. <laughs> so thanks for calling in. Hello. Um, thanks for calling in for the tongue twister. Well done for trying the tongue twister. Thank you to my guest, James Hodkinson, for coming on my show, my producer, Jessica, and Vussy for pushing the big red buttons. A reminder to listen out for the Montgomery Jones and the Search World for Lost World of Fantasy Stories audiobooks. They are super interesting. You can also get the full stories on Miss Stop Production Channel on YouTube or on the website at www.mistopproductions.com. Join us again tomorrow for another Chai Kids show only on 101.9 Chai FM. Goodbye, kids! Bye, everybody!